I was told you were coming. A slayer. Himself stuck, rather like a, a cork in a bottle. My ascension is almost here. I don't like vampires. I'm gonna take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Oh, right. I'm opening. <laughs> did you forget already? Welcome back. I did. <laughs> this is Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And this is season two, episode one of Beer with Buffy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's right. We're back. You can't fucking get rid of us. We are permanently <laughs> slathered all over the fucking internet now. And if you've made it this far, that should be good news. So, the name of this episode of Buffy was When She Was Bad. Yes, yes, yes. Which I'm not entirely sure, even having just watched the episode, that I get the significance of that. But right. okie doke. Because um, Cause she had Buffy's major two to the whole time. Yeah, like... I... Cordelia had to put her in her place. <laughs> yeah. Cordelia called her. Holy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Be before, before we actually get into talking about the episode. Sure, sure. Josh, how about a mom synopsis? Oh, son of a bitch. We're keeping that, huh? I, do you not want to? I know I'm absolutely fine with that since we never came up with an alternative. No, we never did. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I'm getting hot flashes. <laughs> Joshua, we're doing the mom synopsis again. <laughs> I told you to stop making fun of me. Come on, mom. You know you haven't listened to the podcast yet. And if you did, you're holding it back. You haven't even told me yet. And I'm just sitting here biting my nails going, oh, God, has she listened to it yet? This is terrifying. <laughs> no, I haven't listened to you it, to it yet. <laughs> I don't actually support you. I just, I just own the house that you live in. And I feed you. Are you going to actually get I to the episode? The, I stock the groceries. Get to the episode. I keep track of a blind and deaf dog. Sometimes. No, seriously, though, I saw. I w was looking out the window. And I saw my mom running off down the street. What? Because the dog was all the way down the street. <laughs> this dog is blind and deaf. I'm like, maybe you should put it on a rope. <laughs> More importantly, it is, it is a blind, deaf chihuahua. <laughs> like, a squirrel could eat this damn thing. Uh, at the very okay. least, they'd be best of friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently you're... I, I'm back from chasing the dog, Joshua. Where are you at in this episode of Buffy? Why is Buffy being such a cornhole? Why is this happening? Just, I mean, if you'd seen the first season, maybe. Okay, so Buffy gets back from L.A. and she meets up with Xander and Willow. She's like, no, I haven't slayed anything all summer. It's been really boring and... Xander's like, yeah, I've been bored too. And Willow's like, not me. And he's like, oh, I mean, not me too. Um, and they run into Giles. And Miss Calendar is like totally part of the crew now. And so is Cordelia. The anointed child continues to not be the most annoying child actor of all time. And okay, he actually did have one line that I really enjoyed. And hopefully it was his last. I hope so. <laughs> I don't think it is. So basically the master gets tries to get one last hurrah and Buffy works out her shit. That's that's what happens. Oh, and possibly just maybe I'm going to go ahead and knock on wood real quick. We may have witnessed the death of nice guy Xander. Oh, I just maybe. Yeah. <laughs> just maybe. Let, let's hope guys. Let's really hope. Just fingers crossed. That was real wood that I just knocked up. Maybe it wasn't. No, that's that's real wood. Okay. Could have just been a cheap pressed wood TV tray for all I knew. No, it, it's real wood. I don't trust you to not cheap out on furniture, Rex. I didn't purchase that. Oh, excellent. I stole it from a roommate. <laughs> that's the best kind of furniture. Yes. 
is this from me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here, huh? So we open on the episode to Willow or yeah, Willow and Xander. Yeah. Walking at night. Yeah. And they're eating ice cream. Or <laughs> Xander's eating Xander ice cream. Was eating ice they cream. obviously came directly from the ice cream shop. <laughs> How appropriate. It was all a ploy. She never actually wanted ice cream. And they're playing a dumb game where they uh They're quoting lines from movies yep. and they're trying to guess what the what movie it's from. And uh. it's it's a cute little interaction, and they're oh, it's an amazing little interaction. Like the second she hoists herself up onto the wall, I'm like, oh, she's at perfect kissing height. There's no way any and man can resist that, whether he's into her or not. And it's not possible. They do this cute thing where Xander gets ice cream on her nose, and goes to lick it off, uh-huh. and they're about to kiss. Uh huh. And. And a fucking vampire is just like, hey, guys, what you doing? And they're like, oh, yep. no. But more more importantly, though, right during this interaction, uh, yep. Willow mentions Buffy yeah. to Xander. And Xander yeah. just, and in a fashion that like felt very sincere, he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so over her. So over her. I wrote down, I fucking hope so. <laughs> You fucking better be after the way she walloped him down. So the the but then he's still like, you know, I mean, you know, but a man has desires and stuff and needs or some yeah. shit. And I'm like, yeah. careful, careful, down boy. You're but tra- you almost had a romantic moment. The the vampire attacks him and Xander actually like pushes Willow behind him and like goes to fight the vampire i didn't notice that however i there was something i wanted to bring up real quick first uh so xander wipes off the ice cream from her nose that he put on her nose mm-hmm. and i mean if you were there it made sense so yeah whatever we don't You've watched the episode yeah we don't need to cover that but and then he takes awkwardly way too long to continue wiping her face with this napkin and it's like are you wiping it onto her neck now is this what is going on? It's like, I get that you want to prolong the moment, but come on already. I think... Keep it moving, Haas. To me, it struck me as, as, as nerves. He was being nervous. I didn't get that sensation at all. I'm really just being an asshole. I didn't yeah. think he was actually wiping it out her neck. But, but there was definitely, like, no reason for him to be wiping the napkin right. around back there. I mean, right. at that point, drop the napkin, caress her lightly with your fingers, you know? Yeah. Come on. But they, uh, Buffy shows up and saves them. Mm-hmm. And she actually gets a really good dusting of this vampire because she- Oh, yeah. She, does she kick him or throw him? I, I think I, it was a kick. I th- Yeah, I think it's a kick. And he- Just launches him. Kicks him and he flies through the air and he hits a tree. He's stabbed on a tree and branch. There's an errant broken branch or something. And it's a really, really good death there. Very well placed And then branch. she says, did you miss me? And it goes to credits. So we come back from credits. We're still on the same scene. Xander hugs Buffy twice. The second time she does that little double pat. The not quite the I'm not gay pat. Yep. But the okay, stop pat. And... <laughs> It's a sl- it's a slight moment here where you can't tell if Xander is responding the way he is because he still obviously has his heart on for Buffy mm-hmm. or he's legitimately like oh thank god she was here to save us from the vampire. You know, I I definitely got a little bit of both. Yeah. I and- think frankly this is an excellent this is another great Xander episode just in general. It really is. It's a great showcase for Nicholas Brendan's acting skills. Definitely. And it is so sad to me that he probably didn't get much work after Buffy because he was, you know, labeled as, oh, you're just fucking Xander now. There's nothing we can do with you anymore. Yeah, he does a great job with this. Yeah. Then we we go to school and we are reintroduced to Cordy, being Cordy. Yep. (laughs) Nice little open on Cordy. I... It, it was all just so essence of Cordy, I didn't even bother writing it down. Me either. I just wrote Cordy being Cordy. There it is. And then I wrote Snyder being Snyder. And she didn't even <laughs> say anything particularly... No. No. Particularly, like, sociopathic 
this time around. No. Uh, um, Which fits with what they're doing with their character now. Yeah, very I much I appreciate so. that. And then I wrote Snyder being Snyder. I fucking <laughs> loved this Snyder scene. Yeah. Okay. It, so <laughs> Snyder and Giles are walking, uh-huh. and Snyder is just talking mad shit about all the students and uh-huh. everything. And Giles is like... Do you ever consider that maybe if you... Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold I on. didn't write down the quote. Did this you write is, down this the quote? This is what I got the quote. So, Snyder's talking to Giles. He's like, it always gets me. One day the campus is completely bare. The next there are children everywhere, like locusts, crawling around mindlessly <laughs> bent on feeding and mating, destroying everything in sight in their relentless, pointless desire to exist. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Goddamn, Snyder, tell us how you really feel. So... <laughs> Giles is like, uh, did you ever think that given your abhorrence of children, perhaps school principal was not your true vocation? (laughs) I was like, nah, very Gilesy of you. Yes. And Snyder's response is perfect because he's like, somebody's got to watch him. (laughs) (laughs) It just, fuck, there's still yet to be a Snyder moment. That isn't pure gold. No, he is unquestionably perfect casting. You know... And perfect writing as as this specific character. I... Quick side note. That other show he was on, Star Trek... <laughs> Deep Space Deep Nine. Deep Space Nine, thank you. I couldn't... I always assumed that the way he talked was because his fake teeth kind of, you know, messed up his speech pattern a bit. It seems to be almost, like, identical, even without the false teeth. um, It's actually really impressive that you really couldn't tell on that show. And the the, the difference between his voice, he's just that fucking good of an actor. Yeah. He's so perfect for this role. The fact that he's this really small guy but he's just so angry (laughs) and he hates everything he is a dynamite filled little man yes (laughs) he's so adorable and we get so angry we get a pleasant little moment with uh giles and miss calendar and it's hilarious they do this fantastic little bit where they're doing exactly the shit that Snyder's talking yep. about that he hates in kids. And they, they walk off, and Snyder is still rambling on about how much he hates everyone. They and literally leave kids. him there talking to himself as he's saying, I may as well be talking to myself. Yep. Yeah. And I actually like that they cut before like showing him turn around and realize he's talking to himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like he never even realized. As, oh, exactly. As far as exactly. we know, he just kept walking and forgot that Giles was even with him. Or, and- I postulate... I don't know if I used that word correctly, but... You did. <laughs> excellent. Good job. <laughs> I postulate... No, no, no. That this happens to Snyder all the time. Yes. Like, <laughs> he wouldn't know how to end a conversation were somebody to give him the opportunity. He just expects people to walk away from him. Exactly. That seems most likely. Anyway, so next scene... You're, you're quit clinking your bottles together. Sorry, I'm double fisting it here, guys. <laughs> So, uh, Miss Calendar and Giles run into the Scooby gang. I didn't write much down about this whole interaction, but I did mention... So, the, they tell Giles about the vampire, and Giles is like, oh, I'll consult my books. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Xander replies with, eight minutes and 33 seconds, pay up. I called ten minutes before you couldn't consult your books about something. Yeah, you know, my question about that is... Um, when exactly did he make that bet? This conversation did not span eight minutes and 30 seconds. No. In You're fact, right. I noted the actual timestamp of the episode. It was about 10 minutes. So, uh, damn, it would have been hilarious if that had happened at eight minutes and 33 seconds. Right? I mean, yeah, it just didn't make a whole wonder, lot of sense. I wonder if it would match up if you took the opening out. Hmm. That I, sounds like work. I doubt it. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> It's quite the inane little thing to nitpick at, but that's why we're here. So yes. <laughs> uh, if the moment worked, that's really what's important. But then, I mean, seriously, though, was he standing upstairs not knowing at all when he was going to run into Giles betting $10 yeah. on a 10 minute window? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all. But, I mean, he won, but OK. 
Giles is like, oh, do you want to start training Buffy? And they immediately, she says yes. They immediately go to the end of the day where it's a training montage. And boy, is it a training montage. And it's a really good <laughs> bit of training. Like, they do great work of swapping in the stunt double uh-huh. and and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, it, she beats the hell out of a, a dummy and breaks it. She does. I never even think about stunt doubles. You are always thinking about the stunt doubles. I don't know. I guess I notice it. Mm, that's good stunt double. Oh, yes. So, from there, uh, we go to vampire preaching. <laughs> Shit a doodle do. Uh, we go to a warehouse and there's a vampire who's preaching. We discover that the anointed one is still around. And oh, so his speech goes something like this. Blah, 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 blah. He will show us the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... he fucking won't. They pan over to the kid. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he'll sh- I was he'll show us the way. I, I had forgotten that he was even in the second right, season. Right, I did not think they would bring him back at all. Here we are, though. That yeah. fucking kid. So then uh, we're, we're back to the school, and I want to mention the set they're on here, which I is do the couch too. set. Yeah. Um, this is the first time we get to see it. Would you like to hear my description of this set? Yeah, go ahead. So, cut to, where the fuck are they? Some kind of lounge in a high school? And it's not destroyed or completely overrun with assholes? That's my set description. More importantly, though, this set shows up, like, for seasons. Till they're done with high school. The, Does they it? Were, yeah, they return here many times. I noticed it came up a couple more times throughout the episode. Yep. I was it's, like, I guess they needed to get out of the library for a minute. Yeah, and I th- it adds to the school, I think. But Yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of utopian bizarro land high school this is, but I clearly went to the wrong fucking high school. It's California. That is a nice-ass little lounge. It's California. That would do it. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to the West Coast, save for a couple of changeovers at an airport. Right. So, yeah, that doesn't count. But this scene with the couches is actually a, a nightmare that Buffy is having. It is. Because Giles walks up and nonchalantly decides to try and kill her. He does. And, and Willow and Buffy just sit there and... Willow and Xander just sit there. That's and, what I meant. And ignore... It's really well done and really disturbing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. the level of disturbing. The way they shot it and the way they put they put it together, the facial expressions on both uh. Xander and Willow, uh. they're like, oh, this is a thing that's happening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even in Buffy's dreams, did you notice that Willow and Xander can exchange snacks without even yeah, discussing they, it? They both pull snacks out. <laughs> uh, Willow pulls out an apple. Xander pulls out like some sort of bar health food i thought bar. it was a pop tart or something it's in a silvery wrapper it might yeah. be a pop tart could but have, yeah. they just look at each other don't say a word and toss the snacks to the other one yeah and i thought that was pretty clever it's like but even it's in, actually a nightmare yeah buffy wakes up and angel is standing in her room just hovering over her i think she rearranged her bedroom or changed rooms that bedroom set looks nothing like it used to I don't know. I didn't really focus too much on the. I'm set. thinking about the puppet episode where the puppet comes in through the window. Well, there's there's windows on both walls. Okay. I just don't think you can see the the other window where that the puppet okay. came in. I guess I just never because now the windows on the left of the bed. You, I feel there, like it there used was to be on still the right. A, there was still a window there. Eh, not this, really important. Hold on. This brings up. I want to ask you a very important question here. Oh. So Angel is there. When Buffy wakes up from a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. How often does Angel do this? <laughs> because, think about it. He he stood there and waited. She woke up from the nightmare. She rolls over and sees him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, hello. And he says, oh, is it okay if I come in? He's already fucking in her room. Yeah. Does he regularly show up at her house and watch her sleep? What happens if she didn't wake up from the nightmare? What if she just slept till dawn? That is a very real possibility. <laughs> and, like, does he regularly show up at her house and watch her sleep waiting for her to wake up? <laughs> and if she doesn't wake up, does he just go, oh, I guess I will talk to her tomorrow? Just to counter that, just for funsies, just for shiggles, if you will, <laughs> she does mention that something like, if he hadn't woken her up, blah, 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 blah. So they made it sound like he specifically woke her up. It wasn't necessarily the nightmare. Also... I don't believe 
either scenario that she woke up from the nightmare or from him. She looked more like she was thirsty or needed to pee. She did not look even vaguely disturbed by that nightmare. She looked annoyed. To be fair, though, think of the kind of nightmares that this girl has to have. (laughs) Like... Could you imagine her psyche at this point? Like, that's one of the more tame nightmares. I believe it. Seriously. Yeah. It's amazing she's not more fucked up in this episode than she is. Yeah, really. Yeah. But. Yeah. (laughs) But she gives Angel some attitude Uh and he says, okay, sorry, I guess I'll leave. And as he's about to leave, he's like, oh, I missed you. And then she rolls back over and says, "I'm to say I missed you too, but he's already gone. Yeah, funny how the timing works in this scene. Like, she rolls over and turns his ba- her back to him while she's still in bed, mm-hmm. while he's uninvitedly in her bedroom. Yeah. And she has major trust issues now that he she knows he's a vampire, and she's the fucking slayer. She's got a fucking vampire in her fucking bedroom. And she turns over huffily. And then after she rolls back over and realizes she's gone, she's obviously like, oh, how dare he just leave? And she's upset (laughs) that he just left. It's like, you told him to leave. I'm just nitpicking the timing of the whole event because he like took way too long to be like, okay, I'll leave. I missed you. And she turns around and like point oh. Four seconds after he said, okay, I'll leave. Bam, he's gone now. And she's like, "Uh, but but, uh, I want, oh. It's almost (laughs) like somebody was editing this. Yes. (laughs) Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak, 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 steak. And they play sad piano again. Yeah, and then cue the sad panda music. Somebody's a sad panda. She's even got the panda glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and her mom says... <laughs> so, yeah, the next morning she's going to school. And she's riding to school with her mom in the car, and she says, Is there the slightest chance you would tell me what's wrong if I asked you? And I'm like, well, for fuck's sake, not anymore when you ask like that. No. Thanks, though, mom. <laughs> That's not how you get questions answered <laughs> Joshua, not from a 16 year old girl why am i driving you to school joshua did you why did you miss the bus again <laughs> maybe it's because i'm really depressed mom god so they run in the the three the three run into cordy xander willow buffy at buffy's locker and cordy i would like to nickname this scene aptly named by buffy herself Hormones on Parade. This episode brought to you today by the letter H. Again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. So Cordy is being very uncordy like Yeah. She's being really fucking nice. She's being way She's nice. being downright fucking pleasant. <laughs> but uh, first, they're talking to... Uh, Buffy's talking to Willow and Xander about Angel being in a room last night. And I just thought it was funny. Because Willow's like, was it about kissing? Buffy's like, not everything is about kissing, and Xander's like, some things are about groping. <laughs> it wasn't about groping. <laughs> and <didn't> even catch. <laughs> this is another one of those moments that I'm like, God damn it. That line would not work without Nicholas Brendan's fucking fantastic delivery. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah. Underrated. Very underrated man. So Cordy starts talking about the events of the the season finale. Well, if it isn't the three musketeers. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, uh, that that's you, not an insult. You can do better, Cordy. Come on. <laughs> being disappointing right now. But no, all the insults in this scene come from Buffy. Yeah. She has two amazing ones. And she ran way I wrote them ahead. both down. <laughs> Good. Yeah. The first one is... Cordelia, your mouth is open. <laughs> Sound is coming from it. This is never good. She wasn't wrong. No. Well, I mean, Cordy is very openly talking about the events. Well, yeah. Of, I mean, to be fair, though, Cordelia was only talking about demons and vampires, which is suddenly a problem. I mean, and no one cares. <laughs> exactly. No one around exactly. even fucking flinches about it. And now they're all fucking giving a shit. Like, Cordy won't shut up about demons and vampires. And as we've already established this episode, it's apparently not a great idea to discuss these things loudly in public crowded spaces, where absolutely nobody is listening at all. And even if they happened to see a crowded room full of vampires at the bronze, wouldn't remember it the next day anyway. So yeah. I'm glad we cleared that one up. Yep. Yeah. 
But Cordy actually is like they they tell her like, hey, maybe you should be a little bit quiet about this. And she's like, oh, man, yeah, you're right. And she's like, don't worry, Buffy, your secret, your secret is safe with me. Well, she got in her own, her one and only real dig at that moment. She was like, you don't think I'd tell people that I was hanging out with you losers all night. Right. But everything else, though, is pretty mild. Yeah. From and, the Cordelia end. I mean, and even that, that's not really a insult coming from her necessarily. Uh-huh. But... So she tells Buffy, don't worry, your secret is safe with me. <laughs> she and set then, the bar so high Yes, that insults from Cordelia are just normal conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but her out from this scene is, that works out great. You won't tell anyone I'm the Slayer, and I won't tell anyone you're a moron. Ouch. And just walks out. So we're back to the bronze. As there's some concert going on by a band I've never even heard of. Oh my god, this and scene. They're, they're very excited about this yeah this band it's a really good band actually yeah it was it's, very enjoyable i'm like man they are really really digging deep in the culture in this area i uh, just pff, the sound oh was yeah. new and fresh yeah definitely you know it, or at least it sounds new and fresh now for, <laughs> but we we get for 98 or yeah. whenever this was 2000 late 2007 i think or I, early 2000 yeah or ninety no, ninety seven nineteen ninety seven. God damn! Mm, I do love me some nineties music. <laughs> I am a nineties kid. But Xander is in nice guy mode here at the Bronze. Eh, as, he flirts with it. He flirts with yeah. With he's flirting more with nice guy mode than he does with Willow. Yeah, he's he's definitely and he's definitely uh, hanging out a, a little bit as dick bag. Xander he's, as well. He's sitting there all wistfully waiting for Buffy to show up. Yeah. And I and he was so over her. He was so, so over her. So over her. <laughs> Can I say, I almost fucking cried. Yeah. I almost fucking cried. <laughs> I'm choking up right now thinking about it, dude. Willow, <laughs> she had the cutest <sighs> fucking sad kitten moment oh in the God. history of the planet. Xander, you tool. God damn it. She she's so sad. Oh my god! Obviously, he's so caught up on on Buffy, and she fucking takes her ice cream and <laughs> sticks sticks it to her nose. She's trying to recreate the moment and that they had that was almost perfect. And, and Xander just looks at her and goes, "You have something on your nose." His fucking dick. A fucking what an asshole, Nicholas Brendan. I personally hate you for this. <laughs> How dare you let this beautiful piece of cinema happen? <laughs> no, good on you, though. Um, uh, Xander, you can fucking eat a dick, though. So Buffy comes in. God damn. And Angel's there, randomly. Yeah. Um, But Buffy just outright rejects Angel. Oh, wait, before that happens, we have a quick cut to the graveyard with the anointed and his minions. Right, they're digging up the master. Div digging up... Well, we don't know that it's the master's bones yet, but I assumed... Well, they, they gave some hints that his ma his bones were buried in the graveyard. Oh, did with, they? Yeah. Okay. In the, in the very first scene before the opening credits. So you could totally f tell that those guys' nails were fake because he was just palming the dirt out, and he's like, oh, it burns, it burns, <laughs> and they're like, shut up and dig, it burns, and the skull was like th under three inches of loose yeah. dirt. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Giles. Like, Giles, what the fuck? <laughs> what? You can't dig a deeper hole to gonna put say, the fucking corpse in? I was going to say, they buried the fucking bones, didn't yeah. they? Jesus. <laughs> Damn it, Giles. God. What good is making it consecrated ground yeah. if, if it's just three inches of dirt? Yeah, and if, I mean, the burns didn't even really amount to anything, just no. some guy whining a little. No. Anyway. Like, for all the work that they must have gone through to bury those bones, like, it was super easy for the vampires to get the bones out. <laughs> it's super easy. Way too easy. And apparently, they kept... The skeleton completely intact. Yeah. Like it's oh tendons God, and cartilage so apparently holding it together still. It's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. 
I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the slayer and we're like you. the slayerettes. Oh, please. So anyway, we jump back to the bronze <laughs> and Angel For, tries to, to talk to Buffy. Yes, which and, is thoroughly more important teen drama than oh, yes. anything regarding the master. Yeah, fuck the plot. <laughs> we don't need plot. We need trauma. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, so, that's what I was saying, Rex. God, get on the... So get with she, it. for all the bullshit of Nice Guy Xander, <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> is Buffy just so in the fucking wrong in this scene. So she's talking to Angel, and she's like, I've moved on to the living. And I'm like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. And she walks up to Xander, and I'm oh like, oh, don't God. you fucking dare. Takes full, hardcore, cruel, cruel advantage of his adoration of her. Uh-huh. Like, oh, my God. Asks her to dance. A dance so wrong. Oh, Even God. Xander doesn't look like he's enjoying it. No. And so many kudos to to his acting in this because it like you can you can see his I this is not right something isn't wrong, isn't right here I feel wrong I'm not comfortable with this it was palpable and Willow's looking on to them dancing and she's upset Angel's upset Cordy who's on the other side of the room is watching this upset Rex I. I have a dramatic reading I would like to perform. Very well. The bronze was in mourning that night. It mourned for <laughs> dignity. It mourned for respect. It mourned for all of mankind. But most of all, it mourned for Willow's ice cream. <laughs> and I stand by that. Yeah. God damn it. So... <laughs> Buffy is outright grinding against Xander here. <laughs> Fuck a doodle doo. And turns around and like almost kisses him, but doesn't. So close. And it says, whispers to him. I was going to be so pissed oh, if she did. Oh, yeah. So pissed. But she, it's worse. I was pissed anyway. Like, it's worse that she didn't. Yeah. Honestly, what she did was way worse because yeah. she very sensually whispers to him, did I ever thank you for saving my life? Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, no. And she like walks around him and grinds up against him a little more and goes, don't you wish I would? And then walks out. And he like, he's just standing there in utter fucking shock. Yeah. And everyone's in fucking shock. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be an invitation to follow her or, I... or just it, an insanely huge Fuck you. Yeah. Because, like, wow. I can't... Like, okay. Like, one Xander, that, one that even Xander doesn't necessarily deserve. No, Xander has been an asshat uh -huh. for a whole fucking 12 goddamn episodes before yeah. this point. But, like, he's still your fucking friend. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that was fucked up. You turned him down on the last episode... Like, completely, you're like, hey, no, we're friends. And then you fucking manipulate him and use him to this, like, cruel end solely, obviously, to fuck with Angel? I was so proud of him, though, for not falling for oh, it. Oh, yeah. So fucking proud. I um, think, and this is the moment where I'm, I think, maybe, just maybe, Sanders, like, you know what? Uh-huh. Fuck that uh-huh i that's exactly what i said i said are we witnessing the death of nice guy xander i if if i he, think we are if he still has it for her after this then he ha there's no respect i could have for this character and clearly he has no self-respect at this point oh exactly i don't i really don't it's, think that happens though but it's so bad that after buffy leaves the bronze Cordy comes out <laughs> yeah. and is like, that was bullshit. <laughs> Cordy is yeah. like, and how bad do you have to be that Cordy calls you out for being cruel and mean? Yeah. 
And you know, we've been avoiding Holy the... Holy shit. We've been avoiding the term bitch, but they actually use it you, here. They do. In, several times in this episode uh, in reference to Buffy's behavior. I actually behavior. wrote down a quote specifically in the ne- for the next scene. Yeah, said something like, are you going for bitch of the year? Um, yeah. And um, she's like, oh, what, are you worried that I'm going to take your title? Yeah. Or are you worried for competition? She's like, oh, I can hold my own, which is nice and all. Um. But, <laughs> yeah, and so Buffy ends up just walking away, and at that moment, Cordy actually gets snatched up by some vampires. She does. Buffy doesn't notice because she's too, you know, being hardcore and walking away without turning around. I mean, they were pretty stealthy about it. Yeah. So. But... Cordy's whisked away, and she finds Miss Calendar in a room that they throw her in, yep. unconscious. Yes. When the fuck did they grab her? That is a good question. You know, there's only 45 minutes to the episode. They needed commercial time. They did. So. And honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm actually glad they didn't show it, because it made this scene of her getting grabbed even more like, holy shit, what the hell? Right. I mean, ex. Positionally, expositorily, whatever, however that word goes, it wasn't really necessary. Yep. Moving along. So the next day, they're at school. No one notices that Cordy's gone. But Willow, it's Willow, Xander, and Giles talking. Yep. They're and wondering, they're, uh, Xander and Willow think that Buffy's possessed. And Yep. Uh, Xander, br- very briefly, is like... I mean, are we just not entertaining the idea that she's attracted to me? And then everybody kiboshes that immediately. Himself included. Himself. So, again, <laughs> good on you. Yep. But Willow is like, well, she was being such a B-I-T-C-H. And I wrote down the quote. Giles looks to her in a very fatherly manner says, Willow, I think we're all a little too old to be spelling things out. And Xander immediately is like, a bit cook? and then giles's face was priceless well well and then carries on (laughs) in a way that i cannot describe you yeah he's he's just like i guess maybe we aren't too old (laughs) (laughs) uh apparently not oh dear you mean besides me no i didn't ask you mean you you mean besides me do you believe do you believe do you do you believe i didn't we have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. Buffy tells them about the Master's Bones, and then gets pissy with Giles for not telling her... Oh, right, right. After she left Cordy, she went and found that the Master was dug up. Yes. Um, but yeah, she tells them about it. They're freaking out. Oh, I'm Well, I'm talking about the scene where they... Where Buffy walks in on them in the cafeteria. Right, right, right. So Buffy comes in. Yeah, because she has a brief little moment after the bronze where she finds the excavated grave yep. of the master. And so cut to the next day with uh, Xander Willow Giles and all that shit we just talked yep. about. So she tells them about the master's bones and then totally gets all pissy with Giles for not telling her that he's heard of revivification, revivification rituals before, even though... He's never heard of them being successful. So my, my question is, what is he supposed I to mean, just fucking tell her everything? Would she even listen? You know, making a giant black hole on accident, like, that's terrifying. But the fact that we've never done it means I'm not really all that afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, I mean, that's just is another straw on the camel's back yeah. of Buffy's... But- and But their conversation is cut short because the bell rings and Snyder walks up and he's like, don't you have class to be to? And some of us have jobs, referring to Giles. Yep. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, way to step on a <laughs> faculty member's toes. The the Scooby gang walks away and there's a great line between uh, Snyder and Giles where Snyder says, there, <laughs> there's some things I can just smell. It's like a sixth sense. No, actually, that would be one of the five. <laughs> and it goes completely over Snyder's head. <laughs> it does. Either that or again. He he's just, just used to it. He's just used to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, Snyder also says, so you really have faith in those kids, don't you? And Giles is like, yes, I do. And Snyder's like weird as he walks away 
Something, something. So the, it goes to the library. Something. Where Giles is looking up Complete. the, re, what do you call it? The revivification. Re- I can't fucking say that. I can hardly re- say it. Revivification. My spell check is going crazy too, so it's fine. Revivification. I'm fairly certain that's what he said, though. Revivification. Re- Damn, that's hard to say. <laughs> Just cue me every time you want to say it, and yes, I'll say it. That works. So, revivification. So he Giles is like, oh my my Latin's rusty. Um, it looks like the closest to the master is, has to be sacrificed to bring him back. Yeah. And Buffy's like, well, that's me. That that means you know because I you know he killed me. You can only get so close after that. Right. And then a rock flies through the window and Buffy catches it. <laughs> yep. Completely nonchalantly. Very much so. And the note says has uh cordy's bracelet on it and it says that uh they need to buffy needs to go to the bronze to get cordy or she's dinner and and xander's like they're gonna cook her dinner oh god pretend i didn't say that (laughs) there's a great moment where they're all just staring at him like what the fuck (laughs) you're not even that dumb xander (laughs) right but he is sometimes. <laughs> uh, that at least that's where the joke was. Yep. Yeah, that's where the joke was. He's actually a comedic savant. Well, it was like you can't go alone, Buffy. You forgot the part, the last part of the letter. P.S. This is a trap. Oh right. Yeah. She's like, no, I can't do this while watching over you guys. I'm sick of it. I'm just going alone. So she runs off. Uh, I can take care of myself and shit. I ain't need to be babysitting y'all too. And uh, she's gone. She's gone. To the bronze. But of course. The bronze. She runs into Angel. And she's like on her way to go save Cordy's life and like trying to pick a fight with Angel. Enter Angelus. And Angel is like, uh, don't you have somewhere to fucking be? <laughs> what right? the hell are you doing? Yeah. So I, I get that she has trust issues. I mean, she doesn't really need too many excuses. He's a vampire. Right. Sure. But I uh, this whole episode, I can understand her having issues with what happened after the master. Uh-huh. I can understand her being very afraid and confused and the problem that this would create with someone who is so powerful but feeling powerless. Yeah. And they, I think that's what they're going for here mm-hmm. is what happens to somebody who is so powerful but still feels powerless. And hmm. I get that that's what they're going for, but some of the personality changes over this episode for her character don't quite fit lacks a bit in execution huh? exactly okay it it's a bit too off the mark i can get on board with that this bit here really bothers me because she's like oh okay i gotta go save somebody but then trying to pick a fight with angel on the way and like half in her head obviously ignoring that she has to go save somebody because angel has to remind her uh-huh. that she's off to go save somebody uh-huh. that doesn't fit in any scope of how i imagine her as a character working also it's super inconsistent that she walks into the bronze and he follows her right in and she has no issue with that yeah whatever if right after she told him to fuck off but Cordy's not there. There's just this one female vampire, and she. They're like, why is there only one female, one one vampire here? Uh huh. Cut back to the library. Uh oh, it was a trap, but not for Buffy. Right. And just back at the library, Giles is reading. Oh, this translation is wrong. It doesn't mean who's the closest to the master. It means who was nearest him when he died. Physically and that, in proximity. And if you remember from the the season finale. Xander, Angel, and Buffy were on the roof. So they were on the roof yeah. when the master died in the library. The yeah. people who were in the library was Miss Calendar, Cordy, Willow, and Giles. Yeah. I do. So they were physically recall. the closest to the master when he died, so they get all, all captured. Yes. Buffy runs back to, the, or has uh, Angel watch the vampire that they captured at the bronze, runs back to the... The library discovers that Xander is there, bleeding from the face. A bit. He's bleeding a bit. 
out of his nose and his mouth a little bit maybe kind of he looks like he took cavity. a couple of hits a couple probably he's legitimately pissed at her yeah and threatens to kill her oh like if his willow is hurt this if the scene with the dancing didn't tell me that he's over this shit like this moment right here where he's like if something happens to willow willow i will kill you yeah and i'm like good luck but i appreciate the sentiment yeah damn it's it's the moment where it's like oh damn no like willow is one of the most important people in this fucker's life yeah and he is pissed pissed and (laughs) she's pissed too yeah So they go back to the bronze, and she tortures the <laughs> vampire. <laughs> oh my god, she tortures the who, vampire. Who Angel's still just hanging on to. Yep. Because she asked him to. Even though she didn't pointedly did not want his help at all. Yeah. So, but anyway. To torture the vampire, she puts her necklace cross in, her, in the vampire's mouth. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Oh my god. That was like, fun. I'm kind of uh, like, damn, that's a bit much, don't you think? Nah. But it's a vampire, so it's, it's a, a demon, vampire. so I guess, you know, it works. They're not waterboarding her, okay, Rex? Jesus. Don't, <laughs> don't we don't need to start a national campaign about it. <laughs> God damn. No waterboarding vampires. <laughs> okay, so they pretty much just cut to the anointed underground bullshit. They set up this big contraption where the master's bones are on a big table. Yeah. And they hung the four of them yeah. from their feet and they're dangling them uh, above the master. I guess they're going to cut his, cut their throats. Yeah, I to, think like, they were going to bleed them. them. Over the um, master's bones. And may I say, it was very satisfying the way all four of them swung in yeah, in tandem I, together Honestly, like <laughs> I think they just literally strung them up by their feet. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That was and, real physics right there, son. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> holy great. shit, that's kind of impressive, because I, I think know, right? it was the actual actors and not necessarily stunt doubles. It appeared to be. I mean, they don't need to do anything except no. not pass out. <laughs> right? Frankly, if they do... Yeah, they still got the shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hang here. Relax. Yeah. Take a load off. <laughs> we got some coffee and donuts for you when it's all over. So, the uh, Angel, Xander, and Buffy come into the, the warehouse. They sneak in the back. Yeah. If you can't hear the air quotes in my voice, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> They're listening wrong. And they're <laughs> if they can't hear the air quotes, they're listening wrong. That's correct. I'm pointing <laughs> at every single one of you right now. So they're like, Buffy, we need a distraction. What are you going to do? She's like, I'm going to kill them all. That ought to distract them. And I'm like, great. And then let the feisting begin. Feisting? Feisting. <laughs> and... The start of this fight is fucking stupid, by the way. Yeah. Did you notice that... So we see a stake come through this vampire's chest from the front. Yep. He dusts, and then we've got Buffy standing behind him, and she's just holding her fists up. There's no stake. This actually... Did she leave the stake in him? Wouldn't this she happens have, a lot, and it she, actually like bring like it makes me question because I've always wondered this. So there are times when Buffy stabs him with a stake and then lets go of the stake, and the stake disappears with the body. Huh? But if she holds on to the stake, the body disappears, and she, she still, still has the stake. the stake. Now, obviously, it's just special effects. They have to dust the whole thing, I guess. They don't want to cut in the stake just falling to the ground. But it really, like, why? And it was a really quick little moment. Like, I had to rewind it a couple of times. I was like, wait. Like, my subconscious told me something was wrong with that moment. Yeah. And it, like Under just, any other circumstances, I wouldn't have turned I it back. I just wish I understood why. The stake dusts with the vampire if no one else is holding it. I I don't think... It's a dumb little thing, I understand. I think that's one of those let-it-go things. <laughs> Have you met me? 
<laughs> have you met me? I don't let things go. We're doing this podcast together. <laughs> I think we're in agreement, and I'm just trying to move it along here. So, <laughs> the fight here is pretty damn good. So, the the whole fight... So, well, I mean, not a whole lot happens, so... Random vampire... Thanks. Number 18, or is it? No, he's like the new leader who's not the yep. anointed. Is like, well, no, she fights a bunch of, of vampires, um, some male, some female. Angel she wins. and Xander get the the rest of the gang off the thing, the pulley thing or whatever. Did they? I didn't they did. even notice. It didn't really show it much. Okay. But they're like untying them and stuff. And Giles is like, is Buffy okay? Is. is what is she doing? And Xander's like, she's working things out and she's kicking <laughs> ass. She's working out her issues. And the whole yeah. fight is the fight with one specific vampire is fantastic because uh-huh. the whole thing is shot from above and it's a fairly wide shot. And you see the whole room that they're fighting in. Mm-hmm. It's a, a great fight sequence. Yeah. They definitely splurged for some, uh, some better fighting actors definitely this time around and so it then it's down to two final vampires uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> one of them is the new leader dude I, who, I have, and he has a sledgehammer i have his quote okay uh, so he's he comes out with a sledgehammer and he's like i'm gonna grind you into a sticky paste and hear ye beg before i smash in your face i i don't know why i went irish pirate on that but <laughs> yeah he wasn't an irish pirate whatever and she's like so are you gonna kill me or are we just making small talk <laughs> <laughs> so both both vampires run at her yeah she picks this up this death is just fucking hilarious well, she snaps off this torch so she's got a <laughs> stake on one end and a torch on the other yep and just spins it around once and then points it to either side of her and they just oblige her by running into these things. Double kill! <laughs> yeah, like he wasn't even fucking trying. No. They both just ran right into it. Like, they obviously wrote this to, like, look cool, <laughs> but it really just makes the vampires look really fucking stupid. Uh, overconfidence at its best. Oh, God. Definitely. And then and the st- Willow or Xander is like, it's over. I think Willow's like, it's over. And Xander's like, no, it's not. No, it isn't. <laughs> and Super dark, broody, dramatic. So this moment with Xander, and like what you said, this was a great Xander episode. Oh, God, yeah. But this moment here where he's the only one in the group who understands what the fuck is going on with, with he's, Buffy. He's put it all together. Yeah. And like he is the he knows Buffy well enough to know what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. and why the hell she's been such a mess mm-hmm. and she picks up the sledgehammer that the vampire had and just destroys the master's bones. Oh yeah. Just fucks that skeleton up that again should not have been quite that well put together but it was whatever. Right. Okie doke. Who who knows why? Myth- Mystical skeleton. Mystical yeah. skeleton. <laughs> Mystical skeleton does whatever a mystical skeleton can. That wasn't a bad cut. It actually came out like that, guys. So, Ben. (laughs) So... Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here, huh? So Angel walks up to Buffy when she's, like, smashing the skeleton, and she starts yeah. bawling into his chest. Yeah, it's all... It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's and okay. then the next day... Cut to the school. Cordelia's talking to Miss Calendar about the stains in her clothing. Because <laughs> obviously the thing to be afraid of, of when you're faced with utter death is the stains. And it's a point Miss Calendar even makes. You know, if, And you can hear her eye roll in the way she says it. You really can. 
Uh, it's just like, yeah, that's what's important when you're hanging upside down and about to have your throat slit is yeah. the stains. <laughs> and Cordy's like, I'm so glad you get me or something like that. And Buffy, who's looking very Valley Girl in this scene. Was her- she? Yeah, she, dude, she had a sweater across her shoulders and, like, actually had the sleeves pinned. Oh, I, <laughs> dude, the fucking sleeves. I specifically was like, how are those staying it's together? It's like a safety pin, I guess. God. It's like, you really have to go out of your way to make that happen. She looked like she was about to play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. I've only played tennis a handful of times. I'm I'm working off of knowledge from TV, for fuck's sake. Yeah, mostly Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. Carlton. Yes. Always dressed like that. Thank you, Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's that song he dances to? It's not unusual. It's to not me. unusual to be loved by anyone. But I don't know. I'm doing the dance. I promise. I'm also still double fisting my beer <laughs> while doing the Carlton dance. Give us I'm your. I'm not double fisting <laughs> beer because I'm drinking it faster than you are. Give us your best gifts, guys. <laughs> Make it happen. I'll throw. I some, fucking love the Carlton. I'll dance. throw some pictures up on the internet for you to gif <laughs> into me doing the Carlton dance while double fisting beer. Oh, we, we need to. We need to record you. <laughs> doing the Carlton dance. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Now we have to. Yeah, we do. So next. You know what? You know what, Josh? I will make an attempt at doing it with you. Oh, God. <laughs> I might fall. I will probably break my damn face. Why are we offering this for free? We could be making money off of this. You know, probably. Shit. Anyway, back back to the show. So Buffy's worried that Willow and Xander will be just so livid with her. She thinks they they're going to reject her. Or some they don't shit. want anything to do with her anymore. And Xander's all like, or Willow's all like, "We saved you a seat." And Xander's like, "Hey, are we bronzing it tonight? I mean, we could smash our enemy's bones into talcum powder. Oh gosh, we did that last night." <laughs> And they're back to normal. And then plays some stupidly cheesy 90s music and cut to the only good scene we ever saw with the fucking anointed. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> Do you want to say it or should I? You can go ahead and say, say the line, but I'll set it up for you. So, all right. So, close up of the broken skull of the master, the anointed one walks out. He's the only vampire in the entire warehouse because he ran away like a little child when the shit was hitting the fan. Yep. And he just kind of looks around and he sighs heavily. And I was ex- I was totally expecting a fuck. <laughs> Which it <laughs> that, might. That's what it should have been. It might as well have been. But he's like, I hate that girl. <laughs> and I'm like, dog gosh, they gave you a real line. Before they knew that. And he actually was able to deliver it well. <laughs> the yeah. only line, period, in the entire fucking time that he's been on camera that he's delivered well. It came out okay. And uh, it probably matters that he's he's like a year older than the last time we saw him. Right. Well, and uh, that's a Gur Arg. Yeah, that's, that's our episode. Hey, got your steak. Did you like the episode? So I guess just real quick, I'd say if there's one thing that I really took away from this episode, it's that Cordelia really should be the Slayer because she's a fucking sociopath. Even when she's nice. You know, (laughs) it actually begs the question of, would we want that? I don't think she could wield that power responsibly. I think those vampires would be terrified. When I think everyone would be terrified. When they see the look on her face, when she's like, did you just get blood on this dress? <laughs> I will fucking kill you! All of them are dead. <laughs> and just days, just days on end of her just... Oh, man. Giles would just be... Helpless. Could you imagine how awful Giles' life would be if Cordy was the He'd be in chains. 
Oh and just feeding her apples and like, grapes. Think of all the times when Giles is like, oh, she's such a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> oh, my God. I think overall... I think we just wrote a new spinoff. <laughs> yeah, that's shit. I think overall the episode was good. I was a little bit put off by the attitude change in Buffy being a bit too far from the norm. It was a um, bit harsh. This is the kind of but attitude it, change you would expect by literally her being possessed or something. Like, right. It was, it didn't read properly as being someone who had necessarily gone through trauma. Yeah. It didn't read as emotional trauma so much as unnecessary bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But it really was such a good Xander episode. Excellent. But more importantly, it was a really good Willow episode, too. Yeah. Because the few moments that we get, especially with her interactions with Xander, just fucking heartbreaking. Flooring. Flooring. Utterly flooring. I don't... I mean, I wouldn't even classify it as... I, I would say it was an excellent episode for Xander and Willow's relationship. Definitely. And I I think I think this is the end of Nice Guy Xander. Oh god, we can only hope. I'm I'm going I'm going to go on record right now <laughs> as saying that this is the end of Nice Guy Xander. Yeah. Sure. Me too. What could possibly go wrong? We could never end up eating our words. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had this conversation if before. If I'm wrong, I will eat my hat. Excellent. Here's the catch. I don't own a hat. Oh, <laughs> eight hats. Quick, somebody buy Rex a hat. Do it, damn it. Do it now. <laughs> so, so what's your quote of the day? Quote of the day. Well, let's see. I missed one where Giles says, punishing yourself like this is pointless. And Buffy says, it's entirely pointy. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was good. Right? Uh, there was a Snyder quote that I missed. Um, no, I didn't really miss it. He was just talking about he smells like a sixth sense and Giles. Okay, so I think I'm just going to pick this one as my quote of the day. Snyder says, there's some things I can just smell like a sixth sense. And Giles says, uh, no, actually, that would be one of the five. Yeah. I just, I love all these little interactions between Giles and Snyder. Giles clearly just outwits him consistently and Snyder doesn't even notice. It's he doesn't notice. Funny. He doesn't care. It's so funny. He's Snyder is so just true to himself, <laughs> and just a perfect beacon of you know accepting the person that he is. That is what's important. I'm gonna have to choose a Snyder quote myself, but I'm gonna go with. Oh, apparently I didn't write it down. I'm gonna have to go with the Snyder locust line. Okay, at the beginning? Uh, yep, at the beginning. What was that quote? Give me a second. Right. So, Snyder says, Always gets me. One day the campus is completely bare, the next there are children everywhere like locusts, crawling around, mindlessly bent on feeding and mating, destroying everything in sight in their relentless, pointless desire to exist. More importantly, though, the way he delivers it, between the, pa the pause between the... Oh, it, you know, it's empty and everything. And then before he says anything about locusts, there's a nice pause there where you're like, is he going to talk about the beauty of it being a right? bustling, yeah. you know, place of learning? No. You thought he was about to say something <laughs> nice about kids for a change. And he doesn't. Yeah. And like the delivery is fucking spot on. Spot on. Definitely. So, yeah, we both pick Snyder because anytime that man is on camera, it's fucking gold. <laughs> it is. We only get, like, three good seasons out of Snyder. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to give as many quotes to him as I feel like. Definitely, because he's fucking gold every time. Every time. Every time. The Snyder. And then Odo runs in and he's like, get off of my promenade, <laughs> you Ferengi. Oh, there it is. And he's like, I'm trying to run my bar here. <laughs> So this has been Beer with Buffy. It has. A few things we want to add is you can find us on Facebook and Twitter now. As Beer with Buffy. As Beer with Buffy. We even have a Facebook group that we can discuss episodes. Should you feel um, the need to leave any comments 
or uh, suggestions. You can, if you want to hear the, the episodes, you can now find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Feel free to contact us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Yep, and you can always find us at beerwithbuffy.com. And as always, I want to thank Ben Alexander, our excellent composer. Excellent. You can find him at Mad Music Maker on SoundCloud, where he has a playlist with all the music from the show. Definitely. So please subscribe, like, share, do all that fancy stuff to people that you like on the internet. And give us reviews. Those. Reviews are good on iTunes. They are. Rate us five stars because we're fucking hilarious. Absolutely. Or at least Josh is fucking hilarious. I do what I can. I'm mostly okay. I use Rex as a launch pad. What can I say? So this has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. I'm satisfied. Sploosh. You are the slayer. Lives depend upon you. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this <laughs>